You are listening to The Mallory Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. I'm just at a loss, guys. I'll be honest with you. Perfectly honest with you here tonight. Um, I, um... 500. Um, just listened to part of 300 uh, as I was getting ready for tonight's show. And, um, man, uh, I'm just at a loss, okay? I'm just going to say that it's going to be a interesting night because, uh, well, it's just going to be one of those nights where if you don't like me rambling tonight's probably, tonight, tonight's not going to be your show, okay? I can promise you that because I've got a clip here I've got to set up and then I think I'm going to turn it over to the Duck Pond and let them ask me some questions about the show. We're going to ask, we're going to talk about the show tonight. 500 of them, uh, some attention to some details, some backstories that people may want to hear, um, some other things um, as we go through tonight. So 500, right? 500 one-hour shows that have aired on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay, this isn't a recorded podcast. I mean, this this is this is Rise Over Run, right? This is 500. Well going on 10 years coming up in may right so rise over run five you know because some you know some people you could do 500 shows in a year this is the excellence of this this is persistence paying off this is the long game uh i'm saying all of this to say all i'm going to say something else here 10 years is going to come and go um I probably will acknowledge it on that show, but tonight's show is the special for both of them. Um, I'm not going to mark the 10-year anniversary with a big, long production like tonight. Uh, 10 years will come with a guest and go with a guest. It'll be a side note. It will be what it should be. Okay? So if you're into these milestones and celebrating these moments, 500 is the show. Um, so we're going to, we're going to pause tonight and celebrate and honor all both of those accomplishments, even though the 10 years hasn't happened yet. What? Why now? Why not? People celebrate less. So that's uh, weird. I'm still showing on my end. Okay. So 10, 10 years. Five hundred shows. What does that all mean? What does that all mean to me? Okay, well, we're not going to get to that. We're going to come back to that because I, I need a few seconds to process that. Okay, so I had planned to do these shows differently. I planned to celebrate 10 years a little bit like with the big milestone show and have interviews tonight, but I got one done and then the other one didn't come together. So I'm going to play this first clip. Uh, I'll tell you what I planned on doing, right? What I planned on doing was having an Indy 500 winner, Indianapolis 500, the IndyCar race winner, and a Daytona 500 winner. And I was going to fill this show, and we were just going to have a great 500 show. And um, I I had contact with an Indy 500 winner. We had a great conversation. Um, When it came time to set up a date, we just kind of left it open-ended. And uh, with his schedule, I totally screwed the pooch on that one. I messed it up. He will be on though. I, we've we've talked, and he went. I mean, we've talked, and he's agreeable to being on. It just didn't work for tonight. But I found myself a Daytona 500 champion for tonight. Now we recorded this probably eight weeks ago, two months ago, uh, on the on the fly because uh, he's a busy guy too, and I didn't want to miss my opportunity. 
So I took advantage of it. Let me tell you. Well, let's play the clip, and then I'll clean up some of the context that he kind of got into that I cleaned up of him later as well. So let's just play the clip with, of NASCAR Daytona 500 winner Ward Burton here. Hey, man, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? Hey, uh, first and foremost, Ward, I want to uh, thank you for taking the time to do this real quick. Hey, man, it's uh, I'm glad to do it. So it sounds like I was just reading uh, a little bit about you. It sounds like you've uh, come a long way with doing these type of things and doing a, a good job by people, and you found a way to make a living doing it. Yeah, I, I, that's the key, right? You got to help people and then try to help yourself along the way. So what? So, what exactly? Uh, man, I'm born in the wrong century, so I'm <laughs> I know how to do emails and all that shit, but I'm I'm not that good on all this social media and all that junk. How do, how do you how do you uh, how do you drive a train? How do I drive drive all that stuff? Just the same way you do the email. You just keep keep after it. I mean, but what do you do? Uh, I mean, when you do an interview with someone, what where did where did it take you from there? Well, it gives me more insight into them, and then of course, as people listen to it, it's just the same thing as seeing the race car. You get the get the sponsor, and you keep the try to keep the money flowing. I mean, but what what supports it? That's the part I don't understand. Well, the a well sponsors and li- and listeners chip in here and there too to keep it all kind of going together. Just just like a race oh, team. Oh, okay. So you you you've got a live radio show. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, man. I'm following you now. I got you. <laughs> yeah, got it's you. just uh, it's just the internet now, so it reaches the uh, four corners of the world a lot quicker than you know the local AM station down the road. Okay, but as you mentioned, I've been doing this for a while, and I'm coming up on the milestone of 500 shows, and that's what kind of clicked in my head. I need to get the people who, I, I the number of 500. I'm a racing fan, so the number of 500 clicked to me for Daytona, and then I, and of course when I came across you, the Southern 500. So, I mean, there's no comparison between what you did in a couple hours to what I've done over a couple years. But man, tell me what it's like going from start to finish in one of those big races. Well, you know, <laughs> I haven't done it in a while. Uh, but, you know, when we, most of us, when we started racing, were racing um, 30 lap features in a street stock, and then it went to 100 lap, 100, 150 lap features in a late model. Then you got in a bush car, you know, you would have 300 milers at um, Charlotte, Daytona, a few others. So you're in the car for, what, uh, two and a half hours. And then when you got in the cup level, uh, and most races are 500 miles, and it would be, I don't know, probably an average of three and a half hours, maybe pushing forward time. It just was a evolution of it. I, I would dare say about anybody that just somehow or another jumped straight into a 
a Winston Cup or a Monster Energy car and ran for three and a half, four hours, they would they wouldn't be physically they they would they would have some pains and uh and things from sitting still that long and working in the car. So it's just a natural little progression that happened with most of us. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking I drove to Florida a couple of years ago and driving for eight hours at what seventy miles an hour. I, I don't know how. I mean, because I mean all the traffic and stuff, but to have that accelerated times well almost a hundred miles an hour. I mean, double what I was doing it just blows my mind when I think about it. Well, when I ride in my truck for forty-five minutes to or longer, and I get out, my legs are stiff, and uh, you know I've had some pressure points, but you know the driver creature stuff that we worked hard on when you're in the race seat, you're supposed to do away with all those type of aches and pains. And I can certainly tell you, I learned the hard way because there was sometimes when I got out of the car from where I had my seat belts or a pressure point on the bottom of my leg or, or not, or having a forward at your lower back. I mean, you would hurt like, you know what? I mean, you're, cutting your blood off for that long so you learned over the years and i think we all did of how we positioned seats how we built them and everything else so that you know you didn't have those discomforts to be a distraction you're in that rare club of winning both daytona and darlington how does how does that do you reflect on that often or is that just something that you just did and i reflect on all the races i should have won <laughs> uh, oh, no. mainly at Darlington. I mean, there was there was four other races that we just were going. We were going to win the race unless we self detonated, and we did. Uh, Daytona had a chance to win a couple more in the Bush and in the Cup Series. Um, those races are a lot of times you better to be lucky than skillful, whether you're in the big one or not. But you know, I stayed loyal to an organization that did not have the resources like uh, some of my competition, but I was offered some of the best rides out there, and I just stayed loyal. Uh, same loyalty wasn't repaid at the end of the day, but um, at the time I did what my heart uh, told me to do, and that was looking after others and not just my own self. Now I, I, we have something in common. I, you know, you mentioned loyalty, and I, I want to appreciate you for this. And this is part of the reason I want to grab you for a few minutes. Is the Ward Burton Foundation trying to get kids outdoors? As an Eagle Scout, I appreciate that. So, what's going on with the foundation, and how can maybe I even help you get that word out even more? Well, the foundation has grown a lot in the last uh, ten years. Um, you know, we run. So you're in Pennsylvania, right? Yep. Whereabouts? Uh, Western Pennsylvania, north of Pittsburgh. So we run a program called ACUB. It stands for Army Compatible Use Buffer. And that's protecting military bases. And the two National Guard bases we run is one at Fort Tenyon Town Gap in Pennsylvania. Just uh, let's see, that would be east of you. Um, and then another one in um, Blackstone, Virginia, at Fort Pickett. So we have uh, we've done over 135 conservation easements and tools like that to limit encroachment 
around those military bases. That's been a that's been a great honor, and uh, you know, got a full staff taking care of that. So we're down there in Pennsylvania quite often. Actually, we'll be coming again next week. But um, the you know the youth we do a lot of youth outreach, uh, veteran outreach. That's really our main uh, outreach components. Although we do do some uh, some wildlife or studies of that nature. Then the other thing is the land management. You know, we own a getting near ten thousand acres now, so we uh, we have a forestry stewardship plan on every acre and um, build diversity and wildlife habitat while also uh, you know having a a strong arm and pro agricultural activities of planting uh, all kind of crops. So man, we're really busy. Uh, been really lucky and it's. Uh, it's just great for me to be working on something that's more important than myself, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just a great thing to be able to give something and leave a legacy behind whenever that time comes, and it sounds like you're definitely on that on that track. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's not it's not about legacy, but i damn sure trying to leave the world a better place than found it. You know, it's, uh, there's so many great tools out there for landowners that uh, – care about their land and can give the land a voice and get financially uh rewarded for making those decisions so you know we uh i don't know man it, this is an inherited responsibility and uh racing i was just very very fortunate racing gave me the means and a voice to to try to do these type of things well word i appreciate the time this afternoon i'm not going to keep you too much longer i just want to thank you for um for the enjoyment on the track and all the work that you're doing now that um, may not get seen but will be appreciated for years to come. Well, thank you. And keep an eye out for Jeb in the Xfinity Series. He's got his first full-time season with Colic Racing and uh, got Nutrient Ag Solutions on board and State Water Heaters and Alsco, Rocky Boots, LP track, LS Tractor. I mean, this uh, kid's worked his butt off in the – this sport has changed so much since I was there. So uh, if you're following racing, keep an eye on it. I will. Thank you, sir. Have a good afternoon. You too. So that's Ward Burton, Daytona 500 champion, talking about his foundation, his son, and uh, winning the 500. So like I said, I, I, had, I had planned on doing this as a full 500 show. Um, but what I planned on doing that clip with him even I planned on talking more about 500, but whatever, for whatever reason, I knew you, you after talking to somebody for a few minutes where the passion lied, and his passion lied with his nonprofit, and the work that he's doing with the Word Burton Wildwild Foundation is just phenomenal. Follow them on Instagram, <laughs> or Twitter, or Facebook, or just go over to the, the, the website there and look at that, and just look at the stuff they're doing. It's just remarkable, okay? Now, speaking of remarkable things, I forgot to mention this when I fired off the top of the show. Uh, we're supporting Andrew Gold's um, 86 struggle this month with the Mallard Report. I've, I've seen a number of people click through and do great things there as well. Um, well. I'm assuming they're doing great things. I'm assuming that people are clicking through and doing the right thing after they see that information and helping uh, restaurant workers who have lost due to COVID. So if you're interested in doing that, come over to mallard.com slash restaurant that'll forward you over. That way I know who's coming through. 
great stuff. Uh, just appreciative of him as well. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I've got a few people in the chat room tonight. I've got a few things that I'm thinking about, what I want to say. Uh, if they got some, they've, they're asking for dirt on some things. So I don't know what dirt they're looking for, but they can pop those things back up and I'll tell you what I know, which isn't much because, um, but then again, you know, I, I did through the course of this, this has been an adventure. Okay. Let's be honest. This show has taken on a whole life cycle of its own through the years. Okay, Rocks walks at night wants Keith rolling dirt. Okay, um, look at let's um, let's get to that point. Let's walk let's walk our way forward a little bit, and then we'll get to that. Um, show started um, kind of weird out of a a messy breakup of a co-host, right? So that's always a fun misadventure. Um, so that's all that. And then it kind of, you know, kind of spun a little bit, got syndicated a bunch of places, and then hopped on the um, AM dial there for a while, right? I don't know if any of you guys remember that, but it was on uh, over 20 stations, local uh, low-power AM stations, FM stations across the country at one point, um, plus uh, another 20 Internet stations, right? And that, and that includes the, the Dark Matter that was owned by Keith Rowan and uh, put together under the... Uh, guides of having Art Bell come back on it and then uh, pulled the plug or got fired from some of those and pulled the plug on the others and went to KGRA, the, the planet, there for a while and then um, left there. That was kind of my own choice. That that time was kind of my own choice and have been here on Mallard.com ever since. Right? That's been a couple of years. Somebody out there probably knows what date, or somebody could find a date, I'm sure. It's been a while. So it's been kind of a wild ride. So the rolling stuff, okay. Now let's, let's be honest. This is a reflective of a grown adult, right? Because at the time, I was pissed, right? I mean, uh, I was doing a lot of marketing and promoting for that network and um, helping them grow. And... Uh, had a, had a bad show. I'll say it. Had my wife on. Had some personal stuff going on at that time. Just wasn't... I probably should have took the night off, right? And um, there have been a lot of nights that I probably should have just took the night off. But I just show up and do the shows. That's why, you know, we're 10 years in and I'll probably be close. I'll be within that range of 520 shows when that 10-year mark hits. Because I just show up and do the show. Not to say there's anything wrong with taking time off if I need to. Just isn't my style. It's not that Western Pennsylvania that I've got running through my veins, right? You can do the show, you can do the show. I'm sure German Tom Runner will tell you that last last year, well, 2019, yeah, 2019, excuse me, 2020 didn't exist. Um, after my thyroid surgery, I was fully preparing to do my show until about 4 o'clock Tuesday night. Right, that was a week after surgery. Even though I was advised not to by my doctor, even think about talking that much. Like he told me it was going to be at least a week before I could talk that much because I had stitches in my throat. Right, until four o'clock Tuesday that afternoon when I had tried talking 
that afternoon for a little bit and realized that, A, I didn't have enough voice to talk for an hour to do the show effectively, and it hurt. Like, that was the first time I had even actually tried carrying on a conversation. It hurt. So, um, sometimes to my own peril, I show up and do the show. Okay? So he let me go. Of course, my beef at the time was that he didn't email me and let me know that he let me go. He just kind of pulled my show from the schedule, which I kind of felt was dirty. Um, After, like I said, I was doing all this promotion and all this other stuff for free, and I kind of felt it was dirty. And uh, that's kind of where the war exploded there for a few minutes. But I have said this, and I will say this, and I hope Keith actually gets to hear this. And uh, Keith is retired and probably not listening to my show. Probably hasn't listened to my show in eight years or whatever it is, seven years, whatever it is. Uh, Keith is the reason we're doing this, right? Well, part of the reason. He brought Art Bell to the web and made podcasts, early podcasts, clips, all this stuff available on the internet way before anybody else with the backing of Premiere and all that other stuff. So Keith Rowan does deserve a big piece of credit for being the man behind the scenes and all this. Now, I will have said this, too. Through the years, we've uh, chatted a little bit online, and um, I find it um, find it good to uh, finally have found some level with him, because like I said, I do respect the work. Yes, yes, Germantown Runner begged me to take that show off and recover, and I finally, finally did. But he, he knows better than most. Um, and I, I will say this, and people don't get me wrong. Um, I'm still not right, okay? Uh, I'm still kind of going through this all. I'm still trying to figure out what's wrong. There are nights in the last four or five months that I, if you would, if I would have honestly listened to myself, I probably would have just took the night off. But I had the guests and I was ready to go, so we went. So I am eternally, I may be the only person that is grateful the world slowed down with COVID. Because that allowed me to be on pace with the rest of the world. Otherwise, I would have been lapped a long time ago. But with COVID putting the world under caution, I was able to keep up. But I'm still not right. And as the world's starting to come back, still quacking with doctors and trying to figure this all out. And it's painfully slow and painfully frustrating when it just doesn't show up in a, a simple, this is what you have anymore. Because... We've been down the simple, this is this is what it is, this is what it is, this is what it is. And none of those are what it is. So, that's okay though. Because we're going to keep trucking, that's what we do around here. And uh, we'll figure it out. So, there's your quote-unquote rolling dirt, which isn't much, like I said. Uh, Germantown Runner dirt, there is no Germantown Runner dirt. What you see of Germantown Runner is what you get with Germantown Runner. Uh, he probably knows more about me than um, I know about him. I mean, I everybody knows what he, they know about him. Uh, he's been a guest on other shows. He's never actually been a guest on this show, which still blows my mind. But um, that happens from time to time. And actually, well, he's been on. He's called in. He's helped um, produce these these type of shows multiple times. He is the greatest um, single asset to the show currently. Right. Um, There have been a number of people through that rule in you know the number of the, the history of the show, but I'm glad Germantown Runner has uh, filled that void 
uh, tremendously. Uh, did Mike Vera ever ask me to join Late Night in the Midlands Network? No. That's pretty easy. Uh, there would have been a time I would have, but now, uh, not so much. So, um, yeah, there's all that. Uh, yes, drink the Germantown Runner. He has, um, especially the last year, like I said, since I haven't been right, has been a real guidepost for when I'm doing these shows and kind of making sure the the bar stays up there. Because um, it's been a struggle, I'm not going to lie. So there's that for sure. Um, I kind of scribbled some notes about the early days. I don't know. I'll keep reading the duck pond here as we go, making some more notes as well. But um, I get asked a lot about the closet. If you go on YouTube, you can find it. I'll probably post one of these part of the post show notes. It's a real place, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you go back and look at these YouTube videos, you'll see it. It's there. I mean, that was the room for sure. So uh, I don't know what else to say about that. I just needed a place to set up, and that was the only room in the house available. So I set her up. Some days I miss it, but I kind of like this space now. It's a little bit bigger, a little bit more airy. I can, you know, not roast to death in the summer in here, so it's all good. Um, back in the early days, though, now if you go back and listen to some of those early shows, boy, here here's the difference, okay? Back in the early days, I was on a network that had music uh, availability, so I played music um, for that first, yeah, probably the first two or three months of the show, especially when I didn't have a guest. If I didn't have a guest and was going to do this type of show, I would often play 10, 15 minutes of music to just kind of shorten the gaps, right? Because talking to yourself for an hour is intensive. So, especially when you're new and nervous and don't really have a understanding of where you want to take the process, it was interesting. So, some of those shows, you'll hear my taste in music, which um, is why I don't care to play music because I understand everybody's taste in music is different and you're not listening to the show to hear music, right? If you want to hear, um, I don't know, whatever song... I was going to try to name one, but I don't want to make myself look like a fool. Um, don't Stop Believing by Journey, right? You're going to go to your, your Spotify and play it, or wherever it is. So, yeah, that's kind of it, right? So I didn't, want to, I don't, I didn't mind dropping that. Uh, so there's that. So some of the, but remember, back in the early days, the show was specifically about ghost hunting and paranormal investigating. And then it kind of tweaked out into, like, authors and psychic mediums. And uh, speaking of psychic mediums, that, that's when I got to meet probably one of the, um, one of the longest standing friends of this program, Mark, the psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony. Actually, I was talking who, to today uh, about coming back on in the near future. And, um, we've had a number of great shows through the years, and I don't want to start, um, I probably will list a bunch of people off here, but I just want to take a moment and thank Mark. Um, like I said, he's been on the show a lot for the years and just been providing excellent content for the years. Also, you've got um, guys like Thomas Fusco, who back in those early days would definitely fill an hour with me, regardless of the topic and nature. 
another solid guest that I had. Um, man, there's so many people, so many guests, so many pivotal moments, so many little things that really just add up to doing this, right? I don't want to exclude anybody. I mean, I did <laughs> when I when I sat down to do show number 300, I looked it up and broke it down, and there was 200 guests in the 300 shows. But since then, I've kind of broke off and had some repeat, more repeat guests and call-in shows and all this other stuff. So it's probably not the same ratio, but I'll tell you what. Those call-in shows have been radically liberating, right? And a horrible mess to me at the same time. Just like what I feel when I felt when I was kind of coming up with tonight's show. Kind of put a little framework together. But it isn't necessarily how you want to do it, right? I just want to sit... I'd rather sit here and talk to somebody and know that I'm going to be good, quote-unquote, for an hour. But that isn't always how this show works. I like working in this margin of kind of free space and allowing myself to answer questions because I, I have not and probably will not. I was going to do a bunch of interviews coming up and try to do all that, but I honestly... Um, of course, I was when I when I said all that, I was planning on you know being a world beater at this point, and uh, just not there yet. So these uh, quote unquote reflective shows give me an opportunity to answer some of those questions that people have. Also, gives me an opportunity to answer the questions you guys have, because it's great going on other podcasts and hearing from other hosts, but they kind of, I don't want to say all have the same questions because I've done a number of uh, wildly different ones through the years. I've done some business ones. I've done some podcasting ones. I've done some paranormal ones. Um, so they're all different and that's great because I, I love doing that because I love having that eclectic mix. So I don't have to tell ghost stories every time I want a podcast or talk podcasting or whatever it may be. But it's good to hear from you guys in the, on the duck pond. I know I can see you all the time, and sometimes it, it is, it's great to see the interaction in the community that's being built. And I think, now, I, you know, doing these, when you do a recorded podcast, you don't realize how much that, I miss that. Let me tell you, I miss that tremendously because it feels like the, you know, I've seen as well, I've been watching, um, American Chopper on Discovery Plus. I don't know why. But they were talking about the fourth wall being broken when it became junior and senior, and they were doing this one clip, and you could see the camera crews and all this other stuff. And that's kind of how I feel about this show. Like, the fourth dimension has always been broke, where I can always interact with you, and people who want to see that can see that and be part of it. And it builds a community, and we get lost so much sometimes. Now, this is a pet peeve. This has nothing to do with my show. Not where I wanted to go, but this is where we're going for a moment. Everybody says about how they prefer this social media or that social media. No, it's the community you prefer to be in. And that's why I love the Dr. Pond so much, because I look at it and I see Gab and Facebook and uh, Bell Gab. We could, we, I should talk about Bell Gab here for, for, for a moment. And Twitter. I mean, these people in my chat room tonight are from different communities that I'm in, but they come here and become a different community. Right? So we, we should honor that. And remember, 
you know, I had this conversation the other day with somebody in my community, my local community, about how we often forget the faces of our community because we have our own communities, our own friends, our own how we function, but we don't take the time to remember the people that live next door or down the street. But we, you know, we stay in much better touch with somebody in California or, or my friends up the north of Canada, right? Or, excuse me, or wherever it may be, because there's so many of you, and I love all of you, but it's that fine line between being connected and being connected. Now, I mentioned Belgab. I don't know if we'd be here tonight without Belgab. That's a big statement. Um, for those who don't know, Belgab was a site that was started as Coast Gab after um, Art retired. I'm looking at somebody in the chat room. Maybe they'll help me out here with some of these details because I'm not exactly sure um, how that all came together. Basically, it a rip on George Norrie from what I have come to piece together through the years because he was an art bell, right? Everybody wanted art. And, okay. And obviously George is an art. So, of course, I come to find about Belgab because I join after I get on the network or handy to that. And I come to find, you know, learn more about art because I heard art was there. So that was kind of the place for me to go and connect with art, right? Yeah, it was originally georgenorysucks.com. Okay, I thought so, but um, George, if you're listening, you know, you know all this, George, I, right? George should be telling me this story. No, I shouldn't be telling this story. So, through that process, um, the network starts, right? In the early days, like, the probably after the first or second show aired, before it became the network, I wish the I wish Bill Gab was up. It it seems it's been retired. Um, wish the former owner of that site, who I've had a number of disagreements through the years. I don't know necessarily why, but we just are different people and see the world differently. I guess so. There's that, but I don't think we've ever. It's never been personal. It's just kind of been. I don't know. I don't get it, but that's okay. I, everybody doesn't have to like me, and especially on that site because I don't know. I mean, through the years, a bunch of you who uh, who listen have come, turned around on that site, who hated me. And when I say hated, I mean hated my show. I thought they hated George Norrie, but I'll tell you what, those early days of my show being on Dark Matter Network, I'm pretty sure they hated, more, hated me more than they hated George Norrie. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I know I was a little rough and a little young and didn't necessarily possess the same prowess as art. I mean, obviously, that's where that all starts, right? And I was a little bit looser and a little bit freer and all this other stuff. But, man, the hate, the simple, cold, hard hate that I experienced on that site was astronomical. Now, you, you're saying to yourself, Jim, you just, want, you just thanked them for putting that on you right and I did I totally thank them for putting that on me that hate that anger that frustration but some a few very honest feedback and it made me better it made me more prepared it made me more 
knowledgeable on topics. It made me better. It made me want to do more work. It made me want to do better guests. And through that, right, coming out the other side of that, after I laughed it off for months, right, of all the hate and all this other stuff, I got better. And then the hate stopped. So I do owe Belgab a big shout out and thank you for making this show better. Right? Even though most people would have totally walked away or walked away from Belgab and continued to do the crap they were doing and not tried to engage, not tried to engage or understand those people that were saying, you're the worst host ever. You, you're this. Yeah. Anyways. And I, but I thanked them. And, uh, now, like I said, some of them, the ones that I've managed to get in touch with other directions are listening to the show. And, uh, I appreciate that everywhere from everybody. So, yeah. So there's all of that mess with Belgab, right? And, uh, so what else do I have? What else? Do I, there's something else up in there. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not the man. I promise you that. I'm just a guy that hangs out and um, does a show once a week. That's all I do. Sit around recording this mess and uh, let it go. Let it be what it is. So, I don't know. Okay. So what else? What else? Um, gotta thank everybody for for the congratulations and all the kind words and all the stuff. Uh, like I said, I, I got really reflective on 300 and it got kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to get there. I really don't want to get emotional about this number. Uh, I kind of joked about 500 being the next number in the 300 show. kind of joked about 400. I passed 400 right by cause I didn't want to talk about it because it's, it's not something I yearn to do. I don't yearn to string big numbers of these shows together. I just look forward to doing the next best show I can do. That's all there is to it. One week at a time. So, yeah. I'm, so that that's the Belgab experience. There's been some other forms and other things through the years. I don't know. Like I said, it's been kind of a bump. Everywhere it's been a bump, right? Um... I mean, you look at what happened. I mean, Facebook used to be the place, and then, I mean, obviously I was killing Twitter for a while, and now it's it's just dead. Um, been quite a quite a number of places done. I, I, again, think about it. Like I said, I'm lumping the f- ten years and the five hundred together tonight, even though ten years still a couple couple months away. I mean, not many, not not many shows have had the level of success that this show has had. And I'm, I'm trying to be humble about this, but it's, it's, I don't want to talk about it, but I'll talk about it, right? Between being on the 20, even if they are low-powered FM, AM stations, it was a major syndication of the program on a traditional broadcast format, plus the 20 uh, internet stations, which you had to recruit. This isn't like 
Podbean and I mean this this these were having to go out and contact owners and selling the show and putting it in place and broadcasting to them or, or airing it later or sending it to them. This wasn't just a like a an app. The, these were actual hard sells to people, and that does. And then you start hard selling to guests, right? And man, I I don't know. Now this 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 is again. I'm just gonna say this. This this is probably. I don't know. Somebody out there can Google this and find out. There are not too many people on the planet that have talked to like Jim Mars, Roger Stone, uh, Brad Melzer. And George Norrie. They're just not. And I'm not Podbean shaming. I'm sorry. I'm jumping in back with the pawn. I'm not Podbean shaming. I'm just saying that these were actual legitimate networks, not apps and other things. That's what I was saying. Right? Because now, you know, there's a number of apps. These were like um, Hazy Radio Network. Right? That was a network I had to contact somebody, had to do the match. Not just submit via uh, email f- submit form and get approved. That's what I'm saying. And by the way, everybody out there listening to this program, I have no idea why in the world this program isn't on Pandora. I have none. I've submitted it. They just won't add it. Hmm. Okay. So there's one place you won't get this show. I don't get it. It is what it is. But I was talking about quality guests. And I'll tell you what. I've been blessed. Wholeheartedly have been blessed by the number of people. Even Ward Burton tonight. Daytona 500 champion. Ten years ago, you would have walked up to me and said, Hey, you'll talk to... What is it? Over ten New York Times bestsellers. um, Ambassadors. Daytona 500 champions. The list goes on and on and on. I'd say there's no blanking way. None. I don't know if I would have said there was a way at 300 if we would have got there. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Because the show has changed that much in the last few years. It has been wild. And I, I lean into you all to keep this going. This is the, you know, the call to action moment of the show. I don't do these too often. I figure by now, if you've listened to podcasts, you know to rate, revi- review, and subscribe. You, everybody that listens to a podcast knows that because they hear every host except me say that agnosium, right? So you know that. So if you haven't done that, okay, I've said it. So do it. I don't know what difference it makes. I'm pretty sure you knew that before I said it. But now that I've said it, there's no excuse. Because now, again, we're, you know, at a pivotal point in the, the history of this program. Um, offers, legitimate offers from different providers on the table. And when I say legitimate offers, I mean serious networks looking to do serious things. But Having said that, I need momentum. I need leverage. I need you guys to help me put the show in front of more people. Because while I have a couple of, like I said, serious, legitimate offers, I'd like a couple more. 
and so in order to do that, we we subscribe, we share, we review, we keep uh, keep this show in the know. And um, I'll never forget a few years ago, I was on LinkedIn and got a message from a guy who worked at Sirius XM. Right, one of these programming guys who said, "We've listened to your show. It's on our board. We'll we'll be in touch." And we talked a few weeks later about different things and about how structurally it might be a little different and can this happen and that happen if if this and that happen right and of course this and that and all this never really came together but to have been reviewed by somebody at Sirius XM at one point and even be considered for something else is mind blowing because this isn't that isn't what that's about. What I'm talking about isn't what this is about, right? This is just an opportunity for me to ask questions and experience the journey and share it with you. And that's all it's ever meant to be. And honestly, if this deal and the other one fall through again, which like I said, I could talk to you there have been more deals that have fell through about networks and radio and opportunities with the video side and this and that and I mean, I've had more deals fall through than I've had come together, right? I've had, that's just been the incredible frustration, but I keep pushing and the brand, I always, every time I talk to somebody, the brand's incredibly strong, which blows me away because the brand is really simple. It's really clean. There isn't much brand to it, but I guess that's probably why it's so strong and so clean because there isn't much to it. So as we set fourth on the next 500 because the next time I stop to talk about this will be at a thousand and yes I fully am aware that's 10 years from now and that's probably the next time I'll talk about the year mark too I'll probably tip the hat to it end of May like I always do because that's what you do kind of like your birthdays right those ones that end in zero get the big parties. But, um, so take a moment. I'm taking a moment. Now, like I said, I, I, I know for a fact, I've said this a lot in the last year. And maybe this is part of um, not feeling well and not knowing and having seen the numbers go up and down and up and down and up. And um, through the years, one thing has remained the same. Every time I open those numbers, one more person. Every time, every time I open those numbers, one more person's listen. And I'm saying one. It's never more. It's more than one every time. It blows my mind when I look at the places the show's been listened, the, the number of people listening to this program, the number of people listening to the program live right now that I can see, plus the number of people that aren't on the duck pond who are listening live and the people that are listening on, on Facebook and YouTube and Periscope and Twitch and D live. And there's a number of places to listen, right? There's all these video platforms. There's all these audio platforms. There's all of this stuff. And then when it goes to podcasts, it just goes even further, right? And then you see, I've been posting them on Instagram lately off and on as I've felt the moment of being ranked in news commentary right news commentary category of like Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly and uh, 
around the world, being in the top 100, top 200, whatever that chart comes out to being, against those media titans with tons of money. Right? Think about it. To be ranked in that same community, that same neighborhood, even somewhere in that conversation with those people, if even for a day, right? I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's humbling. It's wildly humbling. It's, um, I don't know how else to say it, right? Because for a guy who literally sits in his house looking at two, looking at technology that <laughs> would make those guys laugh. They don't even have this in their bathroom. These TVs and other stuff, right? They've got better stuff in their bathrooms. They've got million dollar houses and I'm, you know, looking at what is it? 28 inch TVs if that. Monitors, right? Just trying to do the show. Just trying to keep it all together. Going out and creating some I don't know, some real honest, raw content. Um, I hope you all understand. I mean, we're we're climbing we're climbing that Mount Everest, and I'm not sure how or why. I mean, it's because of you. I know that much. It's not because of me. Sometimes I know I get in my own way, and uh, I'm just blessed that there are people out there, and I'm looking at a bunch of them right now, who are probably more invested in this than I am, who make the time. I'd be here either way, right? Because I'm just, I'm on the journey and um, I'm just glad to share it with you. Wherever it goes. I don't know where it's going. I didn't figure it would be here. Right? If I'm being completely and totally honest, I didn't see it coming here. For those of you who've listened, listened probably to 300, you probably heard me talking about this was a six month run at best. Now we're, we're coming up on 10 years. I don't, I don't get it. I honestly still don't get it. But um it's just been wild and it's every time I turn around it keeps getting um gets wild. It's been nutty and I've been blessed. That's all there is to it. Totally completely blessed. I just want to just say that. So think about it. So I I'm calling out to those people those people in the shadows. Those people that have listened to the show. <coughs> if this is your first one tonight and you've made it to this point, God bless your soul. They're much better than this. If this is show number um, 400 for you, you've um, God bless your soul too because you've put up with some good shows and some, some bad shows. If you're somewhere in between, and you've um, joined this journey and you're still with it, thank you. And and I know there have been a number of people that have jumped on and jumped off and jumped on and jumped off and whatever. Man, I appreciate all of you. And like I said about Belgab earlier, those people who have taken the time to listen and have absolutely hated it, thank you. I'm glad you took the time to listen. There are almost two million other shows you can get listened to. I've seen that today. There are almost two million podcasts in the world. 
So when I say I'm blessed and, and humbled and don't understand, I really don't. I really don't understand. It feels old. I feel old when I see 2 million. Because I probably was about 500,000 when I started. People are coming in hard right now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. We'll see about that comment in the chat room. You have to be there because I'm not going to read that one because there's not a shot in the world I'm creating audio that says that. Man, I just don't know. Anybody else got any questions? Because I, I just kind of really talked myself in a big circle. And I don't know what else you'll miss that. Because um, I think I've said all I've had to say about 500. And, um, man, all more, that I, more than I wanted to say about all of this tonight. But um, it is truly a privilege to um, be here be with you all, uh, share this, this journey with you, um, ups and downs and twist arounds. And cause I, I look at somebody I can't word who listened to this show and has started her own and, um, is making her own hay and she's going to do great things. And I look at Brian Bowden who has his own show and he's going to be doing, the world's going to turn around for him. And it's, he's going to roar it back. And um, I look at um, Spook Cat, who does uh, pretty awesome things promoting shows and other things. And uh, Kim and Everett, I know Everett was here or was listening at one point. And they're going to they're going to they're going to turn their their life's going to get turned around too. And their show's going to get on track, and they're going to do some good things. And Captain Canada, who is probably my best friend on Twitter since Germantown Runner got kicked off there, so. And anybody who knows knows my Twitter addiction understands that's a powerful task in and of itself. Um, Everett just asked, I'll kind of lump these two questions together here. Um, care to share who the worst guest was? I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I normally don't mention his name. Um, I don't remember his name. God, I was going to say his name and I don't remember it. But he was the producer for Crypto Trip. And um, you could go look it up. He wasn't the worst guest ever. I that night we just did not click personality wise whatsoever. It just didn't work for us. He he was the guy that just didn't work. And um I don't know if you know, just I don't know. I'm not blaming him, I'm not blaming me. It was just not one of those nights. Everett wanted to ask uh, <coughs> hold on a second. Let's take a drink here. Sorry. Hour of talking kind of. Got me a little horse there. Um, one guest that I wanted to get in 10 years that I couldn't get. There's been obviously a bunch because I've, and especially in the last couple of years that I've been trying to get and can't get. Um, Pendulette is probably the biggest name that I kind of was close to and then it just it fell apart. So it's kind of the biggest guest that I'm still trying to lurk on. So. I don't know. So, that one and uh, Dan Aykroyd. But I never, you know, there's some people that you just never 
get a reply from or their people from, and it's just kind of hard. I mean, but people that you've kind of worked with a little bit and um, then got told no, man, that's that's those ones are rough. Those ones sting. Um, who else? Yeah, the Flat Earth guy, um, John Davis, that was a bit a bit rough. Um, but um, I we we ended that well, and he's still a fan of the show. Um, by the way, so ha- hello to John and uh, had uh, Lee Lee. What was his name? And we talked about Flat Earth, and I don't know. So it's just not my cup of tea, right, guys? We all have those. So last call for questions because we got about two minutes left here. So if you guys seriously, again, you don't get the opportunity to do this often. Especially about the show. Because um, there are just some things that I just don't talk about. And I feel like tonight would be the night to zing me with one of those. So, Oh, boy. I don't, if I drown myself, we'll be okay. Who was that? Who? Wow. German Town Runner, do you remember who I almost died right before the show talking to? can't remember who it was, but I had a handful of peanut M&M's. I said, hey, I'll talk to you in 30 seconds. Shoveled a handful of peanut M&M's in my mouth and came on the air choking. Because I couldn't, I just was trying to get it down too fast. That was fun. Almost died on live on live, on the air one night. Uh, Kim Kim is, is new to the program, apparently. She had uh, doesn't realize I don't talk about guests that often uh, before they show up, um, partially because it's live, and up until they're on the line with me, I, I'm i never convinced. I'm never convinced. It could be my best friend, and I'm not convinced they're going to be on the show with me until they're on the show with me. I, <laughs> that's just my, I guess it's my anxiety kicking up there. Um... New York or Chicago style pizza, either. I, you know, kind of uh, just like pizza. You, rem- but you remember what I'm talking about, that right, Jeremy? Because that that was that was pretty scary. It was pretty funny after the fact, but there for a few moments, I, I was pretty scared. Okay, so I've got about 15 seconds left. I got to thank a few people, but they're not here with us anymore. I got to thank CJ Moscato. Um, Para Hustle, go back and listen to that. That was tough. And uh, Scott Blight, uh, the original voice of the Mauer Report. So, um, just got to thank him and thank CJ and a lot of other people for the years. But those guys that aren't with us anymore. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mauer Report. Stay tuned for details on saving money at the Duck Pond Shop. I hope you enjoyed this report. Please subscribe so that you can join us again. And if you appreciate the show, leave us some stars or a review. For more notes from this show or other great shows, check out Mallard.com. A reminder, the views and opinions of this show are those of the host and guests and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or any other partners of the Mallard Report. Now for your money-saving tip. Promo code Mallard at checkout of DuckPondShop.com, where you can get your t-shirt, coffee mug, and other great products. That's promo code Mallard at checkout, DuckPondShop.com. Until next week, stay safe and keep whacking.
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> I know, right?